Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 10 Chapter 43 So today we are going to do a new chapter which says Krishna kills the elephant Now this is an elephant which is called Kovalyapida Now uh, till last time what we had done was the breaking of the bow My traditional uh, uh, kings and queens places you know in the palaces you have to go and break a bow So that was done So now let us come to the next Strength. Hmm? So the strength, uh, see, I'm sure those who have spe- seen some movies, you know, uh, first you have to defeat one, then you have to defeat another, then you have to defeat the third one. So <laughs> it goes on like that. So finally you have to win the whole thing and then win the final war. So let us see what happens. So Krishna kills the elephant Kovalapida. So <clears throat> Sukhdev Goswami said, O chastiser of enemies, Krishna and Balrama, having executed all necessary purifications, they heard the kettle drums resounding all the wrestling arenas and they went there to see what was happening. When Lord Krishna reached the entrance of the arena, he saw the elephant Kolyapida blocking his way at the urging of the keeper. So as usual, it is it's a test of strength. So here you can hear you know there's a loud noise coming from the arena like you have uh, in all the kingdoms there will be a place where the arena is the arena is a place where the, the show of strength and various other field activities are conducted even in india when we have the republic day parades and all that there are big grounds where things happen so likewise in this place as well so there is a very big arena over there and so when krishna and balram go to that place they see this massive elephant over there blocking their way and the keeper of the elephant he is urging the elephant to block them securely blind binding up his clothes and tying back his curly locks Krishna looked addressed the elephant keeper with words as grave as the rumbling of a cloud Lord Krishna said oh driver driver Move aside at once and let us pass. If you don't, this very day I will send both you and your elephant to the abode of Yamraj. Thus threatened, the elephant keeper became angry. He goaded his furious elephant, who appeared equal to time, death and Yamraj, into attacking Lord Krishna. Now, elephants normally have this habit of going in a very big jhund, you know. Lot of elephants go together. And they go from one territory to another, to another, to another. Now, anything that comes in their path is destroyed. Okay. So, you will find that even if a fence is there, even if something is there in the way, they keep on destroying the entire path from one end to the other end. So, those who have stayed in, say, Kerala or Karnataka borders, you know, those who have gone to Uti and those sides, you will know that how elephants travel. The elephants travel in a jund, in a big group, and they, they just are wild. Literally, they keep on. Now, an elephant is a trained animal. In Kerala, it is used for log, you know, picking up the logs and so on and so forth. But the, and the elephants are also used in the temples for doing the prayers and the pujas, and they are used by the kings and the queens in the past. They had the howdah on top of that, and the king and the queen went from there on top of it like but today you know elephants are used they are domesticated today we domesticate the elephants and 
in Thailand, where they have a lot of elephants, Thailand, Cambodia. Now, these elephants are used for other purposes as well. Now, they are for tourism purposes. <laughs> now, in India, we have tourism also, but these elephants are used for different kinds of purposes. So, this particular elephant is called a rogue elephant. Then a rogue elephant is always under the control of maybe one or two people. Beyond that, nobody else. And this elephant was a wild elephant. So, let us see what happens. The lord of the elephant charged Krishna and violently seized him with his trunk. But Krishna slipped away, struck him a blow and disappeared from his view among his legs. Infuriated at being unable to see Lord Keshava, the elephant sought him out with the sense of smell. Once again, Kuvalepida, seeing the Lord with the end of his trunk only to have the Lord forcibly free himself. Lord Krishna then grabbed the powerful Kuvalepida by the tail and playfully dragged him 25 bow lengths as easily as Garuda might drag a snake. Now the immense power that Krishna has can never be understood by the small frame that he carries. Small frame is a very small tiny person. Now imagine he catches him by the tail and swings him around 25 bow lengths. Bow length, basically a bow length is approximately a meter by the way, a length of a bow. You seen the bows and the arrows, right? So the bow is approximately one meter, approximately, it's not exactly one meter. And he dragged him 25 meters like that. As Lord Achuta held on to the elephant's tail, the animal tried to twist away to the left and to the right, making the Lord swerve in the opposite direction as a young boy would swerve when pulling a calf by the tail. How many of you have done this? You know, pulling the calf by the tail. <laughs> I have done it, so I know. As a child, we have gone to the villages and all and pulled the tails of the calves. So, Krishna then came face to face with the elephant and slapped him and ran away. Kovalapida pursued the Lord, managing to touch him again and again <clears throat> with each step. But Krishna outmaneuvered the elephant and made him trip and fall. As Krishna dodged about, he playfully fell on the ground and quickly got up again. The raging elephant, thinking Krishna was down, tried to gore him with a tusk, but struck the earth instead. His prowess foiled. The Lord elephant, lordly elephant, Kovalapida, went into a frenzied race out of frustration. But the elephant keepers goaded him on and he furiously charged Krishna once again. The Supreme Lord, killer of the demons, Madhu, confronted the elephant as he attacked. Seizing the trunk with one hand, Krishna threw him to the ground. Lord, then, Lord Hari then climbed up onto the elephant with the ease of a mighty lion, pulled out a tusk and with it killed the beast with the keepers. Now, the tusk is a very important tool for the elephant. Now, in one line, the whole story has ended over here. <laughs> so, he climbs on top of the elephant, pulls out his tusk and kills him with the tusk. I'm sure, you know, we have always uh, heard stories, different, different kinds of stories also. Now, the tusk story is also there in the past somewhere. Now, the tusk story is connected to another very great god, Ganesha. Now the Ganesha's tusk has been used for writing this book, by the way. Can you imagine that? The tusk of Ganesha has been used for writing this book. It is used as a quill, a pen, by Ganesha himself.
and that tusk was knocked out by Parshuram. Now the strength of the Lord can never be understood. What is the meaning of this? What is this, the meaning of the word tusks of an elephant? You know, every elephant looks horrible. Have you seen the color of the elephant? Is dirty, grayish, black color. I don't think you would like to touch the elephant anywhere. He's a very ugly looking animal. Okay? But person uh, with a lot of strength. It's got big legs and mighty, uh, you know, trunk and all that. But the one thing which defines the elephant is the tusks. The elephants are killed across the world because of their tusks alone. You will find that the African elephants have the longest tusk. And this tusk is the most important weapon as well as something which is uh, like it's a crowning glory for the elephant. Now the tusk is what defines the elephant. And Krishna has to first remove this particular definition. What is it that a person admires in himself so much? A person admires his own prowess, you know, whatever the prowess might be. Suppose it's a beauty queen. She will say, I look so beautiful. It's her face. It's, a, it's the way she looks. And imagine if you destroy that face, what happens? It's gone, isn't it? The entire ahankara that is there in that person disappears. Suppose it's an intelligence. Now the person becomes deranged. What happens to the intelligence? Goes away. Suppose the same person who is, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, in one of the movies you have seen, I, I always love to give movies examples. Hmm? In one of the movies you have seen, Shahrukh Khan is a very great uh, player. Huh? And then later on, he loses, you know, a problem, a, a problem happens with his leg. And then he is not able to do what he is supposed to do and he becomes a recluse. He just becomes a teacher, he doesn't know what to do and he gets very angry because he is not able to do it. Huh? I think it is Kavila Alvidana or something. I don't remember the name of the film. So, <clears throat> it is the crowning glory of that person. So, elephant is always equated to strength of a person. Every person has the quality of an elephant. Quality of an elephant. And what is it that defines the quality of an elephant? It is the tusk. How powerful they are, how beautiful they look. And the body may not be looking good, but the tusks have to be good. So there is a specific quality associated with this quality. Now let us say there is an intellectual person. Now the intellectual person, there may be thousands of intellectual person, but every person is defined by the way of their intelligence is used. <clears throat> now this person, though he may be intellectual, but he is a very good critic. So when he does criticism and writes essays, or when he uses his particular knowledge, like you have Mr. Amatya Sen and various other people, they are economists. So they use their intellect for a particular purpose. Now that is the strength. And tomorrow assume that if you are to destroy that one thing which they care so much for, what happens to that person? He's completely shattered, he's completely destroyed. So every individual has this 
strength and in that there is a glory there is a glorification somewhere all right and if we remove that glorification that is the epitome of the glorification that a person has which is like the crowning glory like the tusk of this elephant and krishna cannot be challenged in that so one of the most important things you have to learn in spirituality is when you come for learning don't bring your ahankar that i know everything and in that some people when they have come they have come with their knowledge that i know the bhagavad gita by heart <laughs> or something like that i have been taught the bhagavad gita since i was a child by my parents and my forefathers okay so just one single statement can destroy that entire knowledge and this is the ego that a person carries we should never carry the ego when you are meeting the lord this is the most important thing leaving the dead elephant aside lord krishna held on to the tusk and entered the wrestling arena with the tusk resting on his shoulder drops of the elephant's blood and sweat sprinkled all over him and his lotus face covered with fine drops of his own perspiration the lord shone with great beauty my dear king lord baldeva and lord janardhana each carrying one of the elephant's tusks as his chosen weapon entered the arena with several cowherd boys the various groups of people in the arena regarded krishna in a different way when he entered it with his elder brother the wrestler saw krishna as a lightning bolt the men of mathura as the best of males the women as cupid in person the cowherd men as their relatives the impious ruler as a chastiser his parent as their child the king of bhoja as death dan intelligent as the supreme lord's universal form the yogis as the absolute truth and the vrishnis as their supreme worshipable deity now did you notice so many people are mentioned over here so what does it mean when the lord enters this particular place he is greeted by so many people but everybody has different emotion associated with it <clears throat> think about it like this when every man who enters the portals of a church or a temple is looking at the lord in a particular manner isn't it somebody looks at him as a father in heaven as a father himself somebody looks at him as somebody who is a giver oh i want this so so you give your tap has to come on no some other people look at him as oh i have sinned so i have come to beg for pardon some people think i am just accompanying this idiot who is walking with me there are lots of people by the way who do that <laughs> so there are people who are going for the darshan and there is another person who is just <laughs> i have to go because my mother says so or there is another person who will say you know my wife is going inside she likes to do all these prayers you know i just have to go there are many people i have met in life that who have told me this that i just go to the temple because my wife goes over there and there are different kinds of emotions associated with it so here when krishna and balram are entering this arena there are various people and the various elements they observe him from a different perspective now he is the lord of everything and what does it mean to be a lord of everything so different people have different emotions associated with it so when he entered he looked like a 
lightning bolt to the wrestler somebody who is equal <clears throat> you know you cannot have one puny person and one big person so even if that puny person has got tremendous amount of strength yeah definitely it looks very good the man of mathura has the best of males he was a very handsome looking person so naturally when the men of mathura are looking at him they say oh another handsome dude is coming the woman as cupid in person so when a woman look at him naturally he is cupid in person you cannot shy away from that the cowherd men as a relative somebody saw him as a relative the impious ruler as a chastiser his parents as a child now there were parents sitting over there weren't they the king of bhoja as death the unintelligent as the supreme lord's universal form who is the unintelligent the unintelligent are those people who always look at the lord as something massive and he is a very tiny person over there <clears throat> you will always notice that there are different uh, uh, associations with the lord so those who consider the lord as the almighty supreme and all these big big names that you can take that person considers himself to be unintelligent considers so that means somebody who has left the ego outside and knows that he has the universal form the yogi has the absolute truth why is the yogi not considering krishna as the universal form and the unintelligent as the truth because the yogis are always searching for the truth and the unintelligent is those who do not have any kind of an ego or anything they are looking for the lord the great lord that is the reason and the vrishnis as the supreme worshipable deity vrishnis are a, a group of people isn't it that we have seen previously there are various kinds of uh, like you have so many rudras we have vrishnis it's a type of a tribe or a caste when kamsa saw that kovalapida was dead and the two brothers were invincible he was overwhelmed with anxiety o king arrayed with variegated ornaments garlands and garments just like a pair of excellent costumed actors the two mighty armed lords showed splendidly in the arena indeed they overpowered the minds of on all onrukars with their effulgences so naturally when the lord and his brother are entering an effulgent being so everybody looks at them in a very different manner o king as a citizen of the city and the people from outlying districts gazed upon this two supreme personalities from their seats in the galleries the force of the people's happiness caused their eyes to open wide and their faces to blossom they drank in the vision of the lord's face without becoming satiated the people seemed to be drinking krishna and balrama with their eyes licking them with their tongues smelling them with their nostrils and embracing them with their arms reminded of the lord's beauty character charm and bravery the member of the audience began describing these features to one another according to what they had seen and heard everybody has an idea about the divine lord every person has an idea some person has an idea that you know just just imagine the countenance of krishna you cannot understand what the countenance of krishna can be and in some places the countenance of krishna is shown in a very beautiful manner with a very 
womanly type of a face i'm sure you have seen krishna and he's not looking more like a man but he looks more like a woman no no beard no mustache nothing 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 you know hair tied nicely behind in a bun and all that <laughs> isn't it and in some places you will find krishna as a very different kind of a form now those who have seen the photographs in my room will definitely remember the two black photographs over there they are very different and those who have gone to south india and seen balaji he looks different over there if you go to different different temples his countenance his face itself differs now think about a person now this is a very strange uh, philosophy which i'm going to tell you about think about it now let us say there is a block of stone now i take the stone and i start chipping it and i create a human form out of it in the sense a human figurine out of it now what name should i give that think what name should i give this human form so the human form somebody will say oh he looks like shivji somebody will say oh he looks like vishnu someone else will say no 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 you have made something else and there are different different names given to the same form those who have visited the different uh, you know uh, <clears throat> museums have seen different different forms over there what is it that defines a form so you think about it was the sculptor thinking of a form when he did this or was the form already existing over there in that stone was the name already there in the stone or was the form thought out by the sculptor it's a very difficult philosophy think about it it, it is a difficult question to answer because if you look at it from the material worldly point of view the sculptor says oh i made a krishna ka murti you know and it is going to cost so much like yesterday we visited a place uh, and in that place there were a lot of pictures a lot of uh, small figurines of jesus christ mother mary jesus as as an infant saint joseph and all these now it's a kerali emporium there were so many crosses all over the place there was hardly one or two hindu gods over there so if you actually look at it so what is it that defines you may say the place you may say the ornaments you may say the the way the clothes are worn okay now let us say i make a figurine with a bald pet nothing on top so and a very serene face a very serene face with a bald pet on top nothing on his head the first image that comes to your mind is which one buddha isn't it but you think i was talking about buddha i was talking about chanakya so do you really believe that so now think this is exactly what happens 
your idea in your mind is associated with the figurine only in the way you visualize it have you noticed it you visualized the person wearing orange garments or maybe having a shawl on his shoulder and having a very fine countenance with maybe nothing on his head and a very serene look somebody else will visualize it with a different mark somebody will visualize him with something else now let us say i put a vaishnav mark on that you know vaishnav mark that thing which is there huh suppose i put a vaishnav mark on that and give orange clothes so what does it define you again so who do you think that person i am talking about so now you will say i don't know buddha doesn't wear a vaishnav mark but you are looking at a person who looks like buddha so who can that person be and somebody who says ah vaishnav oh that means chaitanya mahaprabhu okay i will say no 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 i was making nityananda prabhu's place you know nityananda prabhu brothers okay, okay so but why are you saying in nityananda prabhu so i will say yesterday was his birthday by the way yesterday was nityanand prabhu's birthday so nityanand prabhu that is it is not chaitanya mahaprabhu so then what is the truth so in your mind I, you still believe is chaitanya i believe it is nityananda you believe it is buddha somebody else believes it is you know chanakya somebody else will believe it is some actor from the film industry i don't know so have you noticed that everybody's belief differs so is it that the image makes the difference is it the clothes that make a difference is it that the person who carved it makes a difference or what is it that makes a difference now just imagine we have a daddy wala you know person with a daddy and a very serene look the moment i say daddy wala and a serene look and an ancient figurine oh you are talking about jesus but how do you know jesus had beard it's a very strange way of looking at it so we have made a certain idea in our mind about the lord i hope you understand this in our own mind we have created an identity of the lord now i can take any figure and from anywhere dress it up in whichever way i feel like and say oh this is krishna so this is where the problem happens so it is nothing to do with the image it has nothing to do with that stone okay it has everything to do with you and you wear is it in your mind i can change your mind you know that no just now i changed your mind how many times did you notice that when i said a bald man and he looks like this wearing orange clothes and you thought it was buddha then i said it is chaitanya and then i changed it to nityananda did you say how your mind got twisted so many times so again which means clearly that it has nothing to do with your mind also 
so it has nothing to do with your senses it has nothing to do with your mind it has nothing to do with the objects of the senses object of the senses is that figure in figure and that you saw with your eyes so your vision says that is so and so correct now look at it from this point of view so then who is the one who tells you what that person is so we say it's in the core of my heart now understand your identification with your divinity is everything to do with the divinity inside of you when i said vaishnava remember the term vaishnava talks of this but when i talk of shivji or shaivites you talk of this so then which one is the truth so is it this or is it this nobody knows that so one day there was one okay one story <laughs> so one day there was this great debate going on that shankaracharya is visiting tirupati you know tirupati balaji hmm so they were wondering ki why is this shiv bhakt he is also a shiv bhakt he is shiv's avatar also why is he going to meet a vishnu nobody understands that so when they opened the gates for him they saw for the first time that the image also had these marks as well as this so then what was what was he is he shivji or is he vishnu so the form is addressed by all kinds of people in whichever manner they want to address so whatever divinity that you wish to see in that will be seen so that divinity can be any kind so if you wish to see a vishnu in him you can see if you want to see a shivji in him you can see that as well so whatever you wish to see so there is no you know restriction that you have to see only one and not the other so this is how you have to learn about divinity the divinity is not in the beholder's eye i told you the beholder's eye is something you see you heard about that tusk isn't it the story of the tusk will tell you and if i break the tusk the beholder's eye will look at the same person and say oh she is so ugly isn't it so it is not about the beholder's eye secondly it is not about <coughs> the way in which the per- <coughs> the thing is made that image <coughs> i might decorate the image in a particular manner and you may say no i want to put an orange clothes on that orange clothes <coughs> one day one very funny thing happened when i was sitting in the store in jayanagar so a couple walked inside the store and they came and they bought certain clothes and when they went out there there was a window you know through which you could see the person who is doing the billing person i was sitting over there so they looked at me for just a few seconds and went away after 10 minutes they again came back this this was a couple which went bought certain goods and went out after 10 minutes they again came back 
they again came back told the watchman we want to just enter for one minute and come back again so they again came and looked through the window and they saw me i looked up and i smiled at them then they again went away another 5 10 minutes later they came inside looked at me and then they walked right up to my desk and they asked me a very strange question they asked me this question they said uh, are you in any way related to shri shri ravi shankar i said yes and no i said yes i am related to him and no if you are looking at direct relations as far as this body relation no so so they asked me how are you related i said he is my one of my bandhu oh then he said you know what i have we have to tell you something <laughs> very strange when we walked out for the first time we saw shri shri sitting over there so we went out and we came back again we came and peeped and we saw him again sitting over there we went out again we came back in and this time we were very curious so we came and asked you that are you him are you his brother or are you his relative because you all look the same now i don't know from which point of view do i look like a person with colored clothes in shri shri's way but why is it that they saw it is what their heart decided do you understand this the image was of this dark person with white hair and wearing glasses and having colored clothes and yet how did they happen to see a person sitting over there with white clothes long black hairs with a black beard i don't even have a beard so doesn't it all sound very strange it does in a similar incident one day i was sitting in meditation in the same place you know in his ashram so a family of four walked nearby and they went down and then they after some time they again came up then they again passed me and then they again passed once again <clears throat> at that time the young lady she comes to me and stays she says swami ji i just want to ask you one question so i was in maun at that time i was not doing i couldn't talk so i told her i can't speak you know with signs so she removed a book immediately i said yeah you can write down your question and i will answer it to you like that so she wrote the question who are you so i just wrote the answer it is the one that you see so the next question she said but we saw ramanna maharishi sitting over here so i said so my answer was that is the one that you see so she said are you ramanna or are you somebody else i said if you want to see somebody else i am somebody else and this conversation went on for about 3 to 5 minutes and the lady her brother and father and mother they are very great doctors in tumkur 
not guntur by the way tumkur <laughs> so they are having their own hospital and all that and then they said that we would like to come and see you so what is it that you wish to see so i hope you understand what i was trying to get to it is in what do you wish to see what does your heart wishes to see in that idol has got more value than the idol itself so you may look at an individual as an individual mr x but if you see why in the x you will say why or if you think it is z then it is z so it is not the x or the y or the z this is in the material world we get disillusioned if that person does it doesn't turn out to be the person that we are looking for but in the spiritual domain the lord can be anything he could be a small boy he could be a huge person he could be anything that he wishes to be so i hope you understand what it means by these words the people seem to be drinking krishna and balram with those eyes licking them with their tongues smelling them with their nostrils and embracing them with their arms every individual uses his senses and his mind to think of the lord in the way he is supposed to be i hope you know that the lord's beauty character charm and bravery the member of the audience began describing these features to one another according to what they had seen and heard so every person describes the lord in the way they think they see and they hear so everybody has got a different idea about the lord himself who is he what is he how does he look like what are his characteristics it's based on our own imagery that we have in our in our world we have a different set of imagery and this is the inner world of ours that is the reason why we say in the heart of my heart i saw the lord this way many a times people say that i see one person but it turns out into another person or i look at you like this but you are like that in the spiritual domain what do you wish to see is the thing that you will see so in the spiritual world always remember this think about the divine and you will have the divine inside of you the people said the two boys are certainly expansions of the supreme lord narayana who have descended to the world the home of vasudev so some people say like that this one krishna took birth from mother devaki and was brought up to gokula where he has remained concealed all the time growing up in the house of king nanda he made putana and the whirlwind demon with death pull down the twin arjuna trees and killed shankachuda keshi dhenuka and similar demons he saved the cows and the cowherds from the forest fire and subdued the serpent kaliya he loved, he removed lord indra's false pride by holding up the best of the mountains with one hand for an entire week thus protecting the inhabitants of gokula from rain wind and hail 
So now they are describing the characteristics of Krishna and his entire story one by one. They are all discussing amongst themselves. The gopis overcame all kinds of distresses and experienced great happiness by seeing his face, which is always cheerful with smiling glances and ever free of fatigue. You, I, I don't know, this is very true of people. Even if you tell them, early in the morning, let us have a satsang, and when you look at their faces, they will have a scrawl or they will say, Oh, I am tired. But sir, you have just got up from sleep. Eight or ten hours of sleep, whatever the number of hours that you have slept. And again you are tired after the sleep. So you want to sleep off for the sleep? I mean, isn't that funny? You are tired after sleeping? So that means you don't have productive sleep. There is something wrong there. The yogis can do yoga nidra while keeping their eyes open also they can be just lying in the state of sleep by the way and that is a productive sleep in that sleep they are able to recuperate their entire body human beings when they sleep they sleep off to get tired when they wake up why is this difference Sleep should be relaxing. Sleep should be powering you up for the next recharge. You know, you are recharging in the sleep. Here, whereas people look at you and say, Oh, I am so tired. I am not feeling up to the mark. I am sick. I am having these issues. I am having that issues. Have you noticed? Everybody comes up with this. Whereas a yogi doesn't even say those words. He is ready for the show and you will always see him, you know, getting ready, charged up for the day or whatever time it might be. So you need to learn these sticks, you know, this particular thing which we call as Yoga Nidra. It's a very important way of living in this world. You can just take a 10 minutes, what they call in English as a power nap or something like that, you know. You can have a power nap of 5 minutes or 10 minutes and get recharged for the whole day also. It's not a problem. You can do that. You see, the dependency of the body in getting rid of the old cells and creating the new ones while you are asleep. They are recharging the system. You know, those who have iPhone or any other phones, they will tell you this, that the iPhone takes about 3 hours to charge the whole thing. Isn't it? Some people have come up with a charge in less than two minutes you can charge the whole phone. How is it possible? In one case it is taking three, four, five hours to charge and in another case it's just less than two minutes. How is it possible? So now do you understand a body is also like the iPhone battery you know, or the cell phone battery. You can also charge it just in two minutes if you wish to. But you need to have that particular device to charge it. That's a power charger. So we will have to learn that thing. So someday in life you can learn. Someday in life when when you have the time, come over, I will teach you that as well. (laughs) How to learn, how to do a power nap 
in two minutes or five minutes and ten minutes and be charged for the whole day. So next morning when you get up or next time when you wake up, when you open your eyes, you are full of energy and power to fight the world. That is what you should do. So, so now I hope you understand this. It is said that under his full protection, the Yadu dynasty will become extremely famous and attain wealth, glory and power. This lotus-eyed brother of his, Lord Balrama, is the proprietor of the transcendental opulences. He has killed Pralamba, Vatsaka, Baka and other demons. While the people talked in this way and the musical instruments resounded, the, ras- the wrestler Chanura addressed Krishna and Balrama with the following words. So now it's the time of the wrestler, <laughs> the undertaker. Hmm. I saw the picture of the undertaker yesterday. He's more than 50 years old. He still looks the same. You know? He looks very good. He's got good muscles and all that. I mean, those who followed that WWF and all that. Huh? Uh, those who have seen uh, the film with Akshay Kumar and, <laughs> and the undertaker. So, you, <laughs> he is still looking the same. I mean, today, when you look at even Arnold Schwarzenegger or Rambo or Sylvester Stallone, they still look the same, isn't it? They still have that huge bulk of theirs and they look very handsome the way, you know, the way they are supposed to. So, here we are going to meet Chanura, who is the wrestler. He said, O son of Nanda, O Rama, you two are well respected by courageous men and are both skilled at wrestling. Having heard of your prowess, the king has called you here, wanting to see for himself. Subject of the kings who try to please him with their thoughts, acts and words are sure to achieve good fortune. But those who fail to do so will suffer the opposite fate. Now this is a very important line you should know. You know, you are a subject of a particular king. Now, in your world, who is the king? In the material world, your king is your boss. Okay? You are working for some company, you have a boss. If you are not going to tell him, I can do this, this is possible. Boss, you are the greatest thing on planet earth. Pandering is a very, very important thing that you got to do in your life. Now, your boss could be your wife also or your husband also, it does not matter. So, to pander to that person is extremely important. So, this line is in the Bhagavatam. It tells you, subject of the king who try to please him with their thoughts, acts and words are sure to achieve good fortune. But those who fail to do so will suffer the opposite fate. Now, let us say you are not good with your boss. Now, you think your, uh, you know, your annual review is going to give you something nice. I am sorry, he is going to give you minus marks in everything. <laughs> but if you have pandered to your boss, yes boss, yes boss, yes boss, yes boss. And if you have done all the acts that are necessary, including his chaprasi giri, okay? You have, you have taken his wife all over the town, driven him, that also, yes, you have to do all kinds of nonsensical stuff. Or, you have, the moment he says, now we are supposed to achieve this objective, yes boss, I am there, I will do it for you. You better do it. This is pandering. The Bhagavatam teaches you that in the material world, you better pander. Whether it is your office boss, whether it is the country's head, whether it is the official person who is there, whether it is your own relative, okay, you better pander to them. If you are reporting to that person, that reporting head, 
you have to pander to that person or otherwise you will have to go through opposite fate now just imagine one day you come home and your wife says you know my head is paining and this and that and all that and you say okay you sleep i will go out and eat biryani outside what chicken biryani outside <laughs> she will say what the hell i am not feeling well and here you are telling me you want to go and eat biryani outside what do you think of yourself blah 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 there is going to be a 100% fight on the contrary if you tell her oh you are not feeling well let us go out and eat somewhere <laughs> we'll go out i will drive you down and she will be the happiest person on earth saying that oh he is so considerate he is taking me to a nice restaurant okay all that kind of thing and and no vessels to do <laughs> after that imagine that's the biggest pain so i'm just giving you some simple examples to understand what these lines mean the lines are very very important so this chanura is saying all these words because his boss kamsa is listening to them understand so when kamsa listens to these words naturally kamsa is going to be very happy with him and give him some gifts isn't it it is well known that coward boys are always joyful as they tend their calves and the boys playfully wrestle with each other while grazing their animals in the various forest yesterday while sitting at the airport there were two small children next to me and one fellow was pulling the other fellow's hair this fellow was pushing him that fellow was doing and it was it was going on for full 10 15 minutes and the everybody was looking at the two children they were brothers by the way young small boys must one must have been about 2 3 years or 4 years old or something and the other must be 6 years old and both of them are dishum dishum you know all that <laughs> pulling hair and they fellow you don't pull my hair the other fellow says i am not pulling you are the one who started it going on and it was going on so if you actually see this group of young boys you know they will never be going straight in a queue okay you will find that even when you are in your school school picnic i'm sure in school picnic you have never seen disciplined people over there <laughs> somebody will pull somebody's hair somebody is going to pinch somebody you see the whole thing it's all going to be chaos now likewise these gopi boys you know small boys over there they used to be fighting with each other whenever they are while grazing animals therefore let's do what the king wants everyone will be pleased with us for the king embodies all living beings hearing this lord krishna who like to wrestle and welcome the challenge replied with words appropriate to the time and place so krishna is also like a young gopi you know he is saying okay ajar ajar raste mein bhai dikhata ho tumko <laughs> so he is also ready for the wrestle lord krishna said all the forest dwellers we are such subjects to the bhoja king we must gratify his desires for such behavior will confer upon us the greatest benefit so chanura has said i'm challenging you krishna says yeah yeah we have a great king you know so we should naturally fight so that the king will be pleased with us he is deliberately saying these words krishna's way of talking is very very unique you need to understand if he says one thing he is actually meaning something else if he says you know even the books even the talk you have to weigh it very carefully now he is talking about you know we are poor village people what do we do we just you know we are subjects of the great king 
it is not he is not mocking he is paying respect where it is due but you do not challenge the lord by calling him names by saying that okay you come for aake to dikha main dikhata hu you don't do those kind of things yet the lord is welcome to the challenge we are just young boys and should play with those of equal strength the wrestling match must go on properly so that the irreligion does not taint the respectable members of the audience irreligion what is irreligion now here krishna is telling the king over there and the people around let's see we have to honor the king over here so we are supposed to do what he is telling us to do what is he telling us to do we have to fight so i cannot be disrespectful to him so never be disrespectful to the audience to the people around to the king to the authority we should never show disrespect in our life we wa- always want to in our heart of heart we want to beat the hell out of that person you know that no you want to go and one day want to throw that um, boss of yours from top of the eiffel tower something like that you want to do i'm sure that is what everybody wants to do but but you can't say that to him similarly you cannot tell your wife i want to murder you <laughs> or your husband a fellow is always sitting watching tv you can't do anything to him but you have to say give him his you know okay this is the remote oh this channel has got good t you know films you can watch this one here we are not supposed to disrespect remember this so that is a religion you are staying in a country there is a very big story going on just now in india somebody from the jawaharlal nehru university jnu he was talking about the person who stormed the parliament and he was saying something about them so he is in jail for sedition so what is the truth in that can you understand nobody understands from everybody's point of view this is right but from the spiritual perspective it is important that you follow the rule of the land follow the rule of the land after i finish this i will tell you one case which has happened so we are just young boys and should play with those of equal strength the wrestling match must go on properly so that irreligion does not taint the respectable members of the audience there is an audience waiting for something to happen so we have to respect the audience we are supposed to do what we are supposed to do janura said you aren't really a child or even a young man and neither is balrama the strongest of the strong after all you playfully killed an elephant who had the strength of a thousand other elephants therefore you too should fight powerful wrestlers there is certainly nothing unfair about that you or descendant of rishni can show your prowess against me and balrama can fight with mushtika so there is an introduction of another great wrestler called mushtika so you have chanura and mushtika and both the brothers are supposed to be taking charge of that so we shall stop over here and i will tell you the story once we stop the recording